Hello everyone and welcome back to our second episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. Um, as you may know, we will be publishing these shorter episodes every week. The goal is to cover employment law issues surrounding COVID-19. Uh, last time, we began to explore the FFCRA with Jonathan Mook. He's an attorney at DeMarro Ginsburg PC, Attorneys at Law operating out of Virginia. He is the nationally recognized authority on the Americans with Disabilities Act and is the author of two treatises published by Matthew Bender Company, Americans with Disabilities Act Employee Rights and Employer Obligations, and Americans with Disabilities Act Public Accommodations and Commercial Facilities. He lectures nationally on the Americans with Disability Act and other employment law topics. He is a member of the editorial board for the Benders Labor and Employment Bulletin, and a member of the Editorial Advisory Board at Employment Law 360. Mr. Mook has been listed in Who's Who in American Law and Who's Who of Emerging Leaders in America. Last time we discussed the purpose of the FFCRA, uh, the eligibility for the FFCRA, and what the qualifying reasons for leave are. And today we're gonna to continue that discussion by talking about new paid leave entitlements, how the tax credits work, how the FFCRA is enforced, and uh, what notice must must the employer give the employee. So, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us again. Well, it's a pleasure, Jim, and it's a pleasure speaking with our audience about this important statute. Um, well, I'm going to turn now to the, the money, uh, <laughs> kind of an important part of the FFCRA and an important uh, issue, I'm sure, for employers, uh, as well as employees. Uh, having to deal with all the economic disruption and health disruption caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so uh, briefly, um, employers who are covered by the act uh, are required uh, to provide their employees with up to two weeks of paid sick leave um, based on the uh, higher of the rate of pay or the applicable state or federal minimum wage. Uh, I think for most uh, employers, um, that would have to do with their the regular rate of pay of their employees. So um, two weeks for a full-time employee is fairly easy to calculate um, because uh, they're, if you're working full-time, each the employee is probably working about 40 hours a week. Part-time employees, you are to provide them a two-week equivalent of their pay during that period. So you're going to need to um, make a little bit of a calculation to determine how much uh, 80 hours uh, would be for your part-time employees. Now, the how much you need to pay your employees uh, with respect to that 80 hours of paid sick leave um, really is going to depend on the nature of the reasons for uh, the leave that is that would be a qualifying triggering event for your employee. So when you're dealing with an employee who is uh, kind of, these are events that are directly affecting the employee. So if you're dealing with an employee that is subject to a a quarantine isolation order or stay-at-home order, or an employee who's been advised by a healthcare employer to self-quarantine related to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, 
or if you have an employee who has informed you that he or she is experiencing COVID-19 symptoms and is seeking um, to have a medical diagnosis. In those events, and uh, in the prior episode, I kind of denominated those as triggering events one through three, an employer is obligated to pay 100% of that employee's paid leave for the two-week period. But fortunately, Congress did pass caps uh, for how much you must pay. Uh, For on a daily basis, you need not pay your employee who's taking leave for those one of those three reasons, more than $511 a day or two week period, uh, that would be five, 10 working days. Uh, It would be $5,110 for that entire two week period, two week or 80 hour period. So um, for the kind of the reasons directly related to the employee, it's 100% of the qualifying wages up to the cap of $511 a day. When you're dealing with employees, however, who need to care for others, either because um, the employee has a relationship uh, with an individual who is um, subject to some type of quarantine order uh, either by a state or local government or by a healthcare provider, or where we have an employee who is needing to take care of a child due to the closure of a school or um, daycare center, or the child care provider uh, is uh, not allowed to um, leave his or her house to take care of the child, or for the child to come to the child care provider's house then the employee is entitled to two-thirds of that employee's rate of pay, regular rate of pay, um, for the two-week or 80-hour period. Um, And again, so that's two-thirds of that employee's regular rate of pay for up to two weeks or 80 hours. And again, as with... um, the qualifying events uh, one through three I spoke about uh, just a few minutes ago, there is a cap uh, and the cap for those, these employees uh, who are taking reason, taking qualified leave for reasons of caring for others is $200 a day or for the entire period, uh, two weeks, uh, 10 days, uh, it would be $2,000 total. Um, so um, those are the um, sort of uh, requirements with respect to paid sick leave for these qualifying events. Now, with respect to the second component of the FFCRA, that is going to be the Expanded Family and Medical Leave Act. The expansion is of 12 weeks under the expanded FMLA leave. It does run concurrently with normal FMLA leave. For the 12 weeks, the first two weeks are unpaid. Now, an employee could substitute paid sick leave of two weeks for that two weeks unpaid uh, FMLA leave. And then the remaining 10 weeks of the 12 weeks of expanded FMLA leave um, 
will be paid, but only for the reason that the employee needs to be at home due to the care of a son or daughter uh, who is at home because the childcare facilities are closed. So the expanded FMLA leave, which is paid, is only is limited to those employees who have to be home to take care of a son or daughter. The other other reasons that would entitle an employee to paid sick leave that I just discussed do not apply to expanded FMLA leave. I know it's a little complicated, uh, so just bear with me. Um, For the pay under the 10 weeks of paid sick leave, uh, I'm sorry, expanded FMLA leave, um, that pay would be at two-thirds of the employee's normal rate of pay for that 10-week period. Um, And 10 weeks sort of generally translates uh, into 50 weeks. The cap is $200 a day. So 50 days, I'm sorry, the 10 weeks goes into 50 days. 50 days times $200 a day is... uh, $10,000. $10,000. So um, what you're dealing with is there's a cap of $10,000 on expanded FMLA leave uh, under the FFCRA. So the, um, the provisions here for the paid leave are somewhat complicated. They're interrelated between the expanded fa- um, family and medical leave and the, pay- the emergency paid sick leave. But in general, the whole purpose is is to provide some income to those employees who need to stay at home for these uh, COVID-19 qualifying reasons. Thank you for going through that. It does sound a little complicated, but I'm sure that getting it all out there will help our audience understand it better. Um, There's a tax credit element to this? Do you mind explaining how that goes? Yeah. Um, Basically, uh, one way to think about the FFCRA is that Congress imposed a mandate, a paid leave mandate on employers to provide paid leave to their employees. So with respect to private businesses, Congress uh, devised a way to reimburse employers for the payments that they are now required to make under the FFCRA. And what employers, private employers can do is that they will be entitled to a dollar for dollar reimbursement for the pay, paid sick leave that they need to provide to their employees for one of the qualifying events through receiving of a tax credit for all qualifying wages paid under the FFCRA. And now the way this tax credit is going, it is working, is that for an employer who has these tax credits, the employer will be able to take this tax credit off the normal payments that an employer must make to the federal government uh, when with, when the employer is withholding um, taxes for an employee's pay, 
is withholding Social Security and is withholding um, Medicare payments for the employee. Um, and so rather than making the withholding and the Social Security and Medicare uh, payments to the federal government, the employer will take a credit against those payments and be able to keep that money. So um, in other words, the uh, employer will not end up having to pay out um, the withholding and other types of credit amounts that the employer normally has to pay to the federal government. The employer will be able to keep that money by way of using the tax credits. So it's um, a way that Congress devised rather than simply paying employers, it's going to do it through the tax credit mechanism. Great. Um, you know, no law like this uh, is worth much unless there's an enforcement angle. Um, how will this FFCRA be enforced? Um, well, it's going to be enforced by the Department of Labor. Um, and uh, the Department of Labor issued regulations on April 1st, uh, has also uh, issued some additional guidance, and I would certainly uh, counsel all who are listening to take a look at the Department of Labor's website with regard to the FFCRA and, and get some more detail exactly how these law, this law works and how the two leave provisions interact with each other. Um, so the DOL uh, will receive complaints and investigate um, complaints under the statute. If there are violations of the paid leave with respect to the failure to pay leave that an, an employee may be entitled, enforcement will be similar to enforcement of the failure to pay minimum wages. Uh, with respect to uh, the expanded FMLA leave provisions, um, the enforcement will be similar to the enforcement of the normal regular FMLA leave. So um, that it, it will be again through the Department of Labor, it can investigate and initiate actions against uh, employers who violate those provisions. Wow, great. Um, finally, uh, what notice must the employer give employees? Well, similar to the FMLA, uh, an employer does need to provide notice to its employees about the emergency paid sick leave provisions, as well as the extended uh, FMLA leave. Um, and the way that the department has assisted employers in doing that is a couple of weeks ago, the DOL um, published a poster uh, for employers to post uh, at the work site where employees congregate. That seems a little bit incongruous given the COVID-19 epidemic uh, or pandemic now uh, to for employers to be obligated to post uh, information about these emergency leave provisions. But the employer should do that. You can get the uh, notice the of the Department of Labor at its website, uh, you know, run it off, put it up uh, in your in your facility if your facility is still open. But additionally, you're going to need to um, let your employees know electronically through email, either through uh, sending them directly, each of your employees directly, um, a copy of the DOL poster uh, for the FFCRA, 
or if you have a intranet for your company or business, um, putting the poster up on your intranet and then alerting all of your employees to the addition of this information on your intranet site. So that's how you um, notify your employees about these provisions so that they know how to go about applying for the leave for which they are now entitled uh, by virtue of the FFCRA. Excellent. And if um, our listeners have any further questions, I understand that they can contact you. Yes, certainly uh, contact me directly at the uh, law firm Demiro Ginsburg. And my uh, email address is jmook, M-O-O-K, at demiro.com. So certainly um, if you've got questions, and I'm, undoubtedly you do, uh, I certainly wouldn't mind if you would send those along and I will try to answer them as best I can. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, uh, Jonathan, for coming back and helping us get through, through the rest of these considerations surrounding this piece of legislation. Great. And thank you, Jim. Uh, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to get the word out. You're most welcome. And listeners, Uh, Please check back next week for the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 update. Um, We're not entirely certain what that will be yet, but it will be relevant. You can be sure of that. (laughs) You can also always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast, or if you have any coronavirus-related employment law questions that you would want answered in one of these shorter episodes, if you email me at jdavis at blr.com, we'll do our best to, uh, to answer those on air. Uh, if you do do that, it's probably best to just put HR Works COVID-19 update in the subject line just so that the email doesn't get lost. Um, thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works. <laughs>